Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. This is your co-host, Stephen Spector. With me, of course, is Rob Hirschfeld. Good morning, Rob. Stephen, good to see you. So, so Rob, usually we banter, but today we're going to jump in. We have one of our <laughs> best podcast guests ever, and Trisha Howard has agreed to return, and she's in such demand. There was this, I don't know, at least 30, 40 people on her waiting list, and somehow we jumped it. I'm not saying there was money involved, but um, some golf tips, maybe some golf tips. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe <laughs> if we ever make it to New York City, we're paying for an expensive steak. I'm not sure what's going on, but either way, let's let's get right to it and welcome Trisha. Trisha, welcome again to the latest Shining Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I feel weird after that introduction that everybody's going to be disappointed. No one's going to be disappointed. <laughs> never. And, and, you know, since last time you were here, you were with a different company. So now you're at a new company and I'm going to do my best. It's Holistic Cyber, even mm -hmm. though it's missing a C in the name. But, but I do like it, I, although I don't see any like crystals or chakras in the logo or something like that would be. No, no, just the negative C. Uh, it's, the, it's the double Cs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting logo. Well, we have so much to talk about as you've moved from sales to marketing, which is interesting. And obviously, security is a big deal. Uh, the election, TikTok, you name it. So um, before we start it and jump in, I do want to highlight, can you tell us about your sales readings in performance? Because those have been really good. And, and you said Microsoft has reached out to you now. And so can you talk a little about what you're doing? So people who aren't familiar, they need to go see these things. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the Microsoft thing was with Chloe Condon. I got to be on her, uh, on her show, uh, eight bits, which if you haven't checked it out, it's, it's a really awesome little show. It's kind of their version of uh, inside the actor's studio, but it's all technology focused. Um, so it was really cool. It was with Microsoft dev. It was, uh, it was, it was really crazy too. it was like the most professional thing I've ever done. Like they had multiple Twitch streams going and I was like, Whoa, all right, I guess we're doing this. Um, but it was, uh, it was really awesome. Chloe is amazing. Her content is great. If you don't follow her, um, amazing stuff, especially if you're in the, in the dev field, uh, it's really, really good stuff. It was interesting for me too. Cause I typically like stay in the security realm or the, or the more general it realm. So going more into the dev side was was awesome. Like their insight was really cool. Anyway. Um, yes. Oh, the, uh, dramatically reading cold sales emails to answer your question. Uh, I feel like every time people ask me about this, they expect this like crazy story. Like I just woke up in the middle of the night and was like, I have this amazing acting idea. No, it wasn't that. Um, quarantine has made us all insane. Right. And, um, fortunately, I have the cutest, fluffiest little Sith uh, that ever did exist uh, as my roommate currently. And um, I get a bunch, since I've moved into the marketing side, I do get quite a few cold sales emails now, um, primarily trying to get me to uh, pay for events or, you know, virtual events or video or, you know, whatever it may be. And in order to attempt to keep myself sane, I would read them uh, dramatically to Darth and watch how he would react, right? Um, and it was, it's really funny because I don't know if y'all have seen any of the videos of Darth, but he does actually get very engaged with media stuff. Like he, you know, especially if Ricky Gervais is on screen, he's all over it. 
Um, and so, uh, so it's, it's really, it was really funny because he would actually like respond to it and I would do like different voices and stuff. And uh, so I tweeted it as a joke. I was like, I was like, man, the highlight of my quarantine has been reading dramatically these sales emails mm -hmm. to my dog. And I had quite a few people who responded and they were like, oh, you should do this. Like this videos or it didn't happen sort of thing. And I was, <laughs> I, I was up at like 3 a.m. We awesome. had a virtual event in uh, the UK that I was, uh, I was met like womaning the booth, the virtual booth. Right. And um, I, so I was all dressed up cause this particular one had like a video component. So I had to, you know, be on just in case uh, so that I don't scare anyone away from potentially doing business with us. And um, I was like, man, I haven't, I should record something today. So this makeup doesn't go to waste cause it's wicked expensive. FYI, you boys. Mm -hmm. um, and um so I recorded it just on my phone. It's honestly very tragic. It like the, the video quality is terrible. And, um, I, and it got like over 10,000 views. Right. And I was like, Oh, maybe people actually like this. So I've turned them into a series now. Um, and what's awesome is a ton of people have been sending me submissions for them. So I don't even have to read my own anymore. I'm reading everybody else's. Um, it's anyway, it's turned into something I didn't expect. Um, but I, I, to make myself feel better, cause it did come from the sales side. I know how tough that job is. You know, um, I started doing a second series that comes out the Monday following and it's DRCSE explained. And it's where I actually break down each email that I made fun of and talked about how it could potentially have been better. Um, things that, you know, and how they were actually coming across and like some tips and stuff. And, um, that's been really cool. Cause it made me feel like less of a jerk, uh, for just like ragging on salespeople. Um, cause a lot of people like to rag on salespeople and they've never done it before and don't know what, you know, what goes into it. So I have, and so I enjoy making fun of them while also helping out. <laughs> as long as there's a bit of a mirror in there, I think that yeah. does help. Yeah. I'm but, trying to find some of mine uh, from whenever I was like first started. I'm trying so hard to find some of mine so that I can just make fun of myself too. Cause I, I, I don't even want to know the horrible things that I sent out when I first started. It's, it's incredibly hard. I mean, doing sales means doing things that are not natural behaviors, right? And so you've got to work through that, that mental, mental switch. But yeah, some of those emails are brutally bad. Yeah. Yeah. And all right. Well, let's talk security for those who <laughs> popped on for security. And I might get a nasty email, though I doubt it. Because uh, Trish is so awesome and fun. If you're but, not following Trish on Twitter, just do it. Cause you, you need to be. But let's talk about your new company. Awesome. I don't know a lot about what you do. And sure. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So um, Holistic Cyber, we are a cyber defense uh, consultancy out of uh, New York City. So we focus primarily on uh, the nation state and nation state grade threat for the enterprise. So all of our consultants come from the Israeli Defense Forces or the Israeli Air Force, uh, you know, the Unit A200, Mossad, et cetera. Um, our CEO actually founded the first cyber defense program within the IDF some 30 years ago. Uh, it, crazy, crazy, uh, like, Rex, this dude has. I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? Um, and uh, so that's kind of what we, we focus on here. I run um, uh, digital marketing uh, for them. So I handle uh, all the email stuff and I handle, uh, you know, social media and, and a ton of content creation. Uh, so that's my role here. 
I'm familiar with that job for someone mm-hmm. doing that, doing that a long time. So, you know, when you switched from, well, let, let's go back. Cause I, I want to focus on the security stuff now that everyone works at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should I do? Is there something new? Is there something I had to worry about? I mean, Zoom came out of nowhere, you know, us open source people using Zoom forever. And now everyone, now everyone uses it, everyone hates it, but it wasn't meant for the world, right? I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was built for just open source hacks. So what should I be doing? Do I need VPNs? Do I not? I saw the Mozilla thing where I guess we can come to the big layoff and saying the only thing they have to make money on, I guess now is their VPN. What should I do? Um, is there a list of critical mistakes I'm, I'm making? Um, I don't know. T- help me figure that out. From a personal side or a corporate side? Either, either way, right? Everyone's at home working. If you don't have a VPN on your company to go into, what should you do? Yeah, so VPN, I think, is is really, really important, especially if your company is not providing you uh, your own uh, your own network, if you're on your home network. So it's just an extra privacy thing uh, because then, you know, of course, your home IP address is just there for work if you aren't, if you aren't set up initially to work from home. Uh, so VPNs are important. I think um, the biggest thing that we've seen, uh, which is, should not be a surprise to anyone, is phishing and stuff is just up again. The scam, they are up again. And what's crazy about this is we talked about this on our podcast last time. What is this, 2002? They are still getting in and they are still getting in a lot, right? Um, So being extra wary of that, uh, if you have some sort of email filter that will, this is more the corporate side, but if you have an email filter that tells you this is an external sender, um, make sure you've got those uh, warnings on. I tell you what, personally, that has saved me so many times in my career. Uh, Just seeing this, hey, this is not actually who is saying that it's sending to. And then of course, you know, double checking. So I think um, I don't want to get too much on this rant because they can listen to the last one where I went off on security awareness. Um, but the, I would definitely take a big, a big look at that, you know, security awareness tips and, and tools for that. But that's and, how they beat Twitter, right? I mean, it was a couple teenagers. That took yeah. The- yeah. No. What I was shocked was is that Twitter employees had access to people's username and passwords. Uh, yeah. Phishing. Does, does that surprise you, Rob? Phishing is crazy. It, it, this is the challenge. And I think, you know, Trisha, I, I, would, I would have you step back and actually define spear phishing or explain. I mean, I, I would hope everybody listening here understands what it is. Uh, so quickly define it and then just what some of the best practices you see to defeat it. Because, I, I mean... I'd seen it happen. I know it happens. I know people it's happened to. It's, it's super easy to fall for this, mm-hmm. um, especially if you have any type of public persona at all or your, your title, your job title's out, um, on, in, you know, which most of us are. It's super easy. Go ahead, please. Sure. So obviously phishing is just very broad. You know, the typically it's, you know, the, the scams, like send me $100,000 and I will, you know, reward you back. So it's more the, the phishing side, but spear phishing is whenever they specifically target you. And there's a ton of social engineering that comes into this uh, in some cases, depending on how, uh, how sophisticated they want to get. And to your point, if they are extremely sophisticated, it is really hard to spot 
lot, even with the proper tools uh, in place and the proper uh, uh, the proper awareness in place for sure. So best practices, uh, like I mentioned, if you have the email header that says external sender, uh, this helps for people who are spoofing people inside your organization. That helps a lot. Um, but also, a really, really simple one is hovering over the link. If they're asking for a link or to, for you to click on a link, especially <laughs> if there is any sort of CTA there, like putting in your creds or urgent action, hovering over that link will tell you a lot. Um, and sometimes they will be spooked. Again, it really depends on the sophistication level because I, I don't want to sound hopeless, but if someone is truly, truly, truly targeting you really hard, um, more than likely you can fall for it. Um, so sorry to burst your bubble there, um, but it, it's very true. So looking at that and, and uh, a trick that I've started doing too is if there's one that I'm like, I'm not used, I'm not sure about that. Um, I will just Google the domain that they're sending from if it's mm. one that I don't recognize and, and see if the domain is legitimate and then hit reply to the, don't click on anything, but I'll hit reply. And if, if the email address changes or if the domain changes, That's good out. Advice. That's good advice. A lot of times yeah. I'll do, and it's a policy, it's, you know, you can, if you're, if somebody's asking you to do something and you think it's coming from your company, you know, using a second channel like Slack or something like that to say, yes. hey, did you, did you send this? It's, you know, I need confirmation. Does this um, mean email failed and email needs to be rethought? I looked at the one from, I can't think email the name. Email failed the, a long time ago. The, those guys, <laughs> what's that company that those guys came up with a new email system and I looked at it, but didn't. Oh, DHH is um, like Hound or something like that. Uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember the name. All right. I'll cut this. Ignore me. Yeah. You're not oh, talking about Proton Mail, are you? No, there's another no. mail system that these guys have. Um, From the boot camp guy. Uh, yeah, the boot. Oh, I didn't do a lot of research on that. I don't know much about it. They announced it a couple months ago where it's like, it's a whole different way to do email, but I got so confused that it did. Never mind. No, I'll find it. I actually did a, I uh, just need to figure out where it is. It's the guys that make boot. Yeah, no, it's, it's boot camp. It's boot camp's email. And part of what they're trying to, uh, base camps, sorry. Base. base camp, that's what it is. Are you familiar with that thing? Mm-mm. Hey so day. the base camp guys released hey day is what email you're idea. For, which I'll means they up. have a huge problem. It's hey is the- Yeah, H-E-Y. H-E-Y is the- And then they the fought branding Apple- Branding failure if you can't remember what the name is. Yeah, the it's is. Branding, but remember they fought Apple because Apple wanted to take like two thirds of their money right. just to put it on the Apple system, but- okay. Got it. Yes, Steven, sorry, emails, um, problematic. You can get Rich Miller on and we can talk, complain to him about spam because he invented spam. He invented spam? Oh, that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, sort of. His, his, the way he defined the email protocols, which he helped invent, um, provided unsecure, the, the unsecure sender and the, for, and the email forwarding. Thumbs up. It's what we got, but yeah, but you need to, yeah, I'm interested lab. I, you need, I mean, this is, this is the reality of, of where we are. And then we have to bolt all these extra pieces on from, from that perspective. Um, and be careful with it. Is there, yeah. is there zoom specific hacks? Like, are you seeing people breaking through zoom from that perspective or is that um, in what way video, like, like the are zoom people worried stuff? about video conference like um, and how exposed like i've had zoom bombers mm. right you know 
it, you know, is, am I leaking data by being on, you know, some random person's, you know, video conferencing system? I know everybody's worried about Zoom being insecure, but it was mostly that you had people coming to meetings that weren't supposed to be at meetings or recording meetings that they didn't want recorded. Those are pretty basic, like just figure out the authentication bra. Yeah, it, it kind of cracked me up, honestly, um, on the whole Zoom bombing thing. Every, you know, everybody was talking about how, oh, Zoom is malware and Zoom is this. I'm like, honey, if you actually look at how these people are getting in, this is very, very basic stuff. Enable your waiting room. Um, if you are talking about corporate, like you have a setting where you can only use authenticated domains can join. I mean, there are so many other things that, again, to your point, was very simple. But I think this comes down to a big thing that we have in security in general is that the basics matter. The basics matter so much. I mean, there's a reason that they are called foundational security. They are the foundation. And when we, when, when those get forgotten or overlooked, because we want to talk about the big, uh, sexy, fancy new thing, things happen. I mean, again, phishing and spear phishing are still the number one way that people are getting in. So you can't tell me that the basics don't matter. They do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I personally haven't seen a ton about it. I know that there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of concern about where Zoom was uh, routing the calls through. Uh, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, they'd be routing, they, they did a follow the sun model and, you know, there wasn't true encryption. They, they were a little uh, weird about how they were talking about encryption. What they meant was like their chat feature was encrypted, but not the video themselves. And a lot of people were kind of confused about that. Um, however, I, I personally think that Zoom did a pretty decent job at responding to it, considering how much they blew up when COVID happened. So, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of it was stuff that would have been there and would have happened on any video conferencing platform that had to triple or quadruple their stuff overnight, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So why do, why do you think Zoom took off versus, you know, we all used all the other Google Meets and all these other ones, but somehow Zoom became the big thing. All the other huge giant companies got flat footed. Do you have thoughts on why that happened? I think it's the easiest one to use. I mean, I think the same things that made it have Zoom bombing issues or security issues were the reason that people got onto it. I mean, they, it was the easiest to use. I mean, I'm not trying to like trash anybody, but I mean, I've had Google calls that have dropped every single time. I have had um, multiple other, like, uh, and then you get into like the more enterprise grade, you know, the WebExes and all mm -hmm. that. And the problem is they're harder to use for your typical person who does not use this every day. We're spoiled in the corporate world. We're used to these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about somebody like teachers, for instance, what were they going to do? They, they don't know how to run all these random protocols and they shouldn't have to. That's not their job. Um, so Zoom was easy. It's one click and there you go. You can share screen. It's done. Well, I think Zoom missed a thing because my kids are starting school again online and they're going back to Google Classroom, which makes Google Hangouts look genius. It's how bad Google Classroom is. And Zoom should have created Zoom Classroom. And uh, boy, there's Rob. I spent the whole summer doing nothing. We could have built a classroom platform. And, although I wouldn't know how to do it, but now I, I finally Steven, got the, an idea. It's the hardest. It's it's the hardest. It's the hardest, most privacy-sensitive group audience that you can imagine, and they have no budget. I that, that this is, and this is why the the I you know, and this is the funny thing about security too. And then I, I do want to switch to some of the uh, state, um, nation state security and, 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 and bring us into that. 
uh, because I think this is the same thing, right? Security, as much as we talk about it having big budgets, it's like locked in the silo with the CISO's office. You know, it's, it, I don't feel like it gets the budget or the time or the attention in other departments. Um, and, and, you know, what things improve that get funded. Schools, you know, cyber in schools is, has been a fad state for, you know, actually utilities, school, you know, applications in schools are a sad state. I've watched, you know, all my kids go through the, the stuff and it's, the, the tech is horrible, mm-hmm. badly. Um, and if it's not horrible, it's expensive. Schools don't, don't have the money to really upgrade their, their cyber presence. Their, it's not cybersecurity, it's just cyber presence, period. Right. Um, right. You know, Black, Blackboard's the winner in that, and it's not particularly sophisticated stuff. No, no, it's not. I mean, I, even, I, I haven't played around with Blackboard in a long time, but we had it when I was in college, and it was awful, to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think one, any, any school district, especially, unless you're talking about higher ed, and, and they have their own problems as well, of course. Um, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a little different, but when we're talking about K through 12 specifically, um, which I personally think was the most impacted here, uh, because you're talking, especially like public <laughs> schools, you know, um, they, yeah. uh, the, the problem is you already have very, very limited budgets for IT anyway. And a lot of them had to take that budget that was already allocated for other things and move it into things like providing laptops or devices for their kids, for kids who couldn't have, who didn't have their own. Um, And so an already tight budget ends up getting reallocated to something that they had never would have anticipated for. And security is often an afterthought anyway, um, especially in education, because it is founded on this whole open idea. You know, that's, that's the whole thing there, you know, knowledge sharing. And, and uh, so it's, it's almost, it's almost counterintuitive and it's a very fine line. It's a very fine line. Um, I think that, I think that it's really sad uh, because obviously there are, uh, there's a lot of, um, data that very personal and private information that schools have on kids and teachers and employees uh, that would not be very good if it got out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Could be used very, very poorly, uh, weaponized yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really sad. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it, how it works, you know, going into next year. I, you know, and just to round out this topic, you know, putting it into a security context, is there a security, something that the school's could be thinking about or should be thinking about from a security perspective, you know, is what, what would, what would you say would be low hanging fruit to help improve, you know, education security for education in this case? Ooh, that is a loaded question. If I remember correctly, you loaded, you had a, quite a couple of loaded questions. Last time <laughs> He's not a nice child. person. That's um, why, that's why I sit here and smile, and sometimes you don't hear me because I have to, you know, make everyone happy after Rob beats him up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, okay, so low-hanging fruit. Um, I think uh, this might sound a little weird, um, but I think honestly, 
Um, upping the curriculum uh, that specific to security uh, would be an awesome way to start. So instead of, uh, instead of taking it from a, okay, what technology should we implement? What policies and what procedures should we implement? These kids have grown up with technology. They're going to know things in ways that we do not know. So in your, our, in your IT uh, classes and your t whatever, start implementing some basic security stuff, um, having them play around with Kali Linux, having them play around with stuff like that. They could probably learn a lot. Uh, and on their own and find their own stuff that is basically free labor to the security team. So um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a little weird, um, but I'm going to take that as a cop-out answer well, because well, I, I was not you, prepared. But I can tell you, Trisha, my son and his buddies, they, the first 20 minutes of any class they get on, they see what they can do to break things. And, exactly. and they, will, they will instantly turn the teacher's microphone off. I've had to yell at him and his friends, and they'll turn the microphone off and the teacher won't know it. And it, it's almost like the school should form a group of kids to say, how could we fix this and let the kids help them because the kids know so much more than the teachers do. Yep. And it's, it makes sense. They've grown up with this kind of stuff. I mean, when I was a kid, and that was um, way too long ago now, um, but when I, when I was a kid, I remember playing around with um, – like just very basic HTML stuff when I was on Neopets. And like, that was, even then it was way beyond anything that, you know, my parents knew what I was doing and, oh, and the, oh man, we would always like DOS our friends um, on AOL chat and stuff. Oh, it was just, you know what I mean? And that, and that was a long, long time ago. I have no idea what I'd be doing now, but it's, it's, it feeds into that. And I think that maybe it could work, you know, it's, it's a way that you're not really bringing up a lot more money into the, into the budget. You're just implementing a little bit more, uh, a different curriculum. So, so it would actually be interesting to treat the, treat the students like they actually know something and then ask for them to help. Rather what a than, concept. What a concept. Yeah. Rather. So than it seems to be Rob, the answer, there isn't really some simple little security thing that someone can <laughs> see, do. See, I, I, I thought, I thought it was going to be something like, yeah, school should have a VPN technology. So students are all in a, v, you know, in a VPN for the school or something like that. But I, I actually like where you went with it better. So. Oh, cheers. I mean, VPNs are good. Yeah. Um, the problem is sometimes VPNs, especially if you're dealing with people who don't, aren't used to working from home or, or that is they take up a lot of bandwidth. And if you have six or seven mm. kids uh, or, or people rather in one house that are off of one router, uh, the first thing to go is security, knock that VPN off because then they can, you know, then it doesn't take 30 minutes to send an email. There you go. That's the, all right. I want I, I want to talk about TikTok though and national oh and national gosh. security because because right. you were you you were <laughs> you were you were you were pumped up to talk about our coming election and uh, what's going on. About that. Um. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, TikTok. Where do you want to start with that? I mean, okay. I'll I'll be honest. This is kind of a hot take. I think. Um. Maybe not. I don't know. TikTok itself as an app really didn't do anything that bad right i mean it was it was yes it was asking for more permissions than it really needed to like all apps like do. facebook twitter if, everyone if, if anybody does, would so. read the t's and c's unlike like i'm so lame i actually do when i go download an app i actually read them because I'm, i want to know what they're accessing you know what i mean and if, if some solitaire app wants to access my camera and microphone no. So, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think a, a lot of it comes down to that. 
Um, you need that. You need that social thing so that you can take pictures with your. Uh, it's, uh, isn't this all because a group of teenagers may have looked like a complete idiot? Well, anyway, you know, sorry. whatever. Wait, wait, right, isn't so, that what this is, or is there something else that's real? Um. Okay. So obviously, I mean, the the, the security threat of China is very real. It's extremely real. I mean, it's uh, now. I think what is what's happened is TikTok got extremely politicized, and that's where we ran into the problem, uh, because of where it was, you know, running through and and all that stuff. And and we're also kind of reeling off of this whole Huawei stuff, um, which was I, I think kind of fed into it. Um, mm. My favorite argument was uh, whenever they wanted to have the app banned. Um, I personally think that's very scary route to go down um if we start banning apps and start i mean we're teetering into that whole censorship thing uh which uh, americans as a large uh percentage are not cool with uh, so i think that's kind of a, a, an interesting and, and slippery slope to go down um as far as like they say oh well we banned huawei we uh, yeah, it's public infrastructure. That is a totally different thing than these stupid 30 second videos that like privileged teens are doing. No, difference. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm also a little bitter because I miss Vine, so. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I never, I never downloaded TikTok. But hold on, the Huawei thing is interesting to me because to me, my impression is, is this is what we did to the world as America. And now China's like, well, move over America. We'll do it to the rest of the world and screw you. And we're throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. I mean, aren't wrong. we the one that we were intercepting uh, computer shipments going around the world that our government was intercepting, putting stuff in them and then shipping them out? Who the hell are we? I mean, if I was the rest of the world, to be honest, I'd say, screw you, America. I'm just going with China. At least they're up front telling me they're going to screw me. They don't lie. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really crazy too. I mean, obviously, with with it being the election year uh, in the states, uh, it's it's heightened. We're seeing a lot more activity. Even even on just my personal Twitter feed, the amount of bot activity that I've had just interacting with me or sending me crazy DMs has gone uh, way way up. Um, okay. So it's it's I don't know. Uh, I'm with you. I agree. I think the I think the concern is that uh, there is just a lot more secrecy and a lot more censorship coming in and out of China, right? So we're getting a certain level of um, we're getting a certain level of truth, and I think that thanks to certain political um, leaders, that has Ooh. really poked holes in poked holes in uh, Americans' faith in China. And of course, it didn't help with this, you know, the COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, that, that really, really extrapolated it. And when you get conspiracy yeah. theories running rampant on social media about all kinds of things, it just makes sense. I, I, I personally think it was more of a political move. So are we, we heading to, I'm sorry, I was going to say, are we heading to two internets? China and oh. America, different internets, and, and they don't cross? Will they separate? I mean, I'm not sure. It's a good question. Rob, you're very quiet today, but I think oh, you're about asking, that. you're asking great questions. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think China's weird. China already has their own internet. That's, that's pretty clear. Um, I, I, I'm concerned on the TikTok stuff because I'm watching the government force the sale of a business. Um, yeah. and I, so I, I think that there's, there's, you know, layers and layers of things that should get us concerned. I, I am worried because it feels like we had these problems with bots and bad actors and, you know, um, you know, manipulated media that, and, I, and maybe the, Trisha, this is the, the security angle of it. 
why is it so hard for these companies to figure out that these are not people like militia, you know, that, that they're, why aren't, why, why aren't we just kicking bots off the system? I, I don't understand why that is so hard. It seems like if it's not a person, get, you know, get rid of it. Yeah, this depends on what platform you're talking about. Uh, certain platforms yeah. lend to it a little bit easier. Um, I personally, I never downloaded TikTok. I didn't play around with it. So I have no idea how any of that, I'm going purely circumstantial of, of what I've read and talked to other mm. leaders in the space about. Um, specific to Twitter, which is definitely what I'm the most familiar with, um, Twitter's like authentication process is pretty easy. Um, I, I participated in a, I participated in an OSINT CTF, uh, not too long ago, and they had recommended that you create sock puppet social accounts, um, of course, to, you know, to do your OSINT work. And Twitter was the only one that I was able to actually create because it was real simple. Facebook has cracked down on it, surprisingly. Um, the Instagram, of course, which is owned by Facebook, uh, has cracked down on it. So um, Twitter is a lot easier. I think that the, to answer your question, why people can't tell is I, oh, this is kind of a weird take, but I think generally people want to like, they want people to be good, right? Uh, so we've had a couple of, we've, we've had a couple of instances in, in the InfoSec Twitter world uh, recently where there are a couple of very known abusers creating fake sock puppet accounts pretending to be women so that they can infiltrate in and throw really ugly stuff about women and you know non-binary etc people um and just like racist horrible stuff right and they get found out seen but some of that. Okay, yeah. right but but the reason that they t gain uh traction in some ways is people want to help um you know i think there there is mm. a very there is a very small like percentage that are gatekeeping like jerks, but the majority of the security community and I, I think people in general want to help. They want that sense of community. And um, I, I could be completely like optimistic rose colored glasses at here. I don't know, but I, that from what I've seen, that's why. So it's a little harder. And again, to your point about spear phishing, um, depending on how sophisticated they are and how much work is put into this, it can be very hard to spot. Look at some of the look at some of the really prolific influencer accounts on Twitter and whatever. Honestly, I read through that stuff and I'm like, you're definitely a bot. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and they have tens of thousands of followers. Yeah, so yeah, it's right. you know, I, I think I think it gets a little like it gets a little a little hairy um, when we start talking about that and and then it comes down to okay, we start cracking down on bots, but then what happens when real people get locked out of their accounts? You know, so it's I don't know. I don't think there's a good winning answer there. And, and how do we I actually oh, go ahead, Rob? I'm sorry. I, I was going to say what, what you just did to me was define why TikTok is so threatening. Because it is, there is clearly an algorithm that promotes, promotes Twitter, right? I mean, they, they, we know this, it's, it's public knowledge. There's algorithms that promote different types of content on these platforms. TikToks mm -hmm. is really probably the most manipulated from my, my reading of it. Yep. And so, you know, so it feels sort of artificial, but that people like that. They're getting the content that they want. You know, I remember how crazy people went with, with Twitter when they, when they said, oh, it's not a straight feed. I'm going to start ranking your, I'm going to give you the stuff that we think you want to see. And, you know, people's heads exploded. Yep. Um, and so I, I do think that part of the idea here is not that, that, China, that, that China is listening in on your 
um, communications, although there's a fear of that, I think it's actually that they're manipulating your interests. Yes. But that's um, what every social media does. That's what every, but that's what we, that was the whole reason that Cambridge Analytica came under fire the way that it did. That's exactly what it was doing. I mean, their, their problem was also mm-hmm. that they opted in like 10 times the amount of people who actually agreed. Of course, right. I'm not taking that. But again, yes, it comes down to media manipulation and, uh, and the spread of misinformation that we have just grown to think is okay. Yeah. Crazy. How do we, how do we this even is, know? This is actually, go ahead, Stephen. Go. I was just going to say, so how do we even know? I mean, say they ban TikTok. What the hell does yeah. that mean? My daughter, who's not computer, I mean, she doesn't say I use computer stuff, but she's like, oh, it's no big dad. I'll just move my account to Canada. And now I'm on TikTok. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. What the hell? Does that mean this is all nonsense anyway? I, but that's what I was kind of saying on the, on the whole like political side. The yeah. way that it, for them to actually do it, they would have to be working with the telecoms to block traffic to that site, right? And we're talking, I mean, we're, t- I don't know. I don't even really think it's possible. I'm going to let some of the more technical people weigh in on that. But I, I think, I think it's a political stunt. It's, it's them saying, I'm not even going to say his name, them saying that we are making a stance against China. We are making a stance against this. Uh, you know, it, it was a political move. It's making a stance against young children that made him look like an ass. And uh, you said and, it. And <laughs> well, I don't, I don't care. So uh, I, I just I, we 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 have a tendency to overreact in a response and shoot ourselves in the feet. In a, in a, yeah, uh, not, and not, and especially now especially right now tensions are so high on uh, the geopolitical concerns between us and china and uh russia and uh, and iran my goodness remember we almost went to war at the beginning of this year um so there there's tons of uh like geopolitical concerns that are conflating this especially uh between us and china let's be honest it's true uh so this was a way to make a statement against them in my opinion um, but to your point, Rob, it is scary, but it's not any scarier to me than any other social media site uh, for that. Mm-hmm. The, the spread of disinformation is, uh, is there. I mean, the only other thing is, okay, we're, we're uh, creating. The, the only thing that did make me nervous is, of course, um, there is a law that Chinese companies have to report user data back to the Chinese government um every year so of course getting user data uh including uh metadata location data all that stuff uh that could definitely be a, and, a cause for concern and this is where to me that what what you just defined is actually the, a very real uh spy spear phishing opportunity that, that i think is warranted and and this comes to mind there was a drone example so most of the drones are made in china uh, if you go shooting z- dr- z- drone footage, it's geotagged, and the pic- and you get camera footage. That actually, that data actually goes back to China, and so they were having cases where people were flying zones like in or and running. And then there's another one with watches where people were running in military bases. Yeah, our military bases. Mapping, so they found mapping them. out the military bases and mapping right running zones around you know and and all that stuff, and that data was going straight back to China, and then potentially being used to target people, no geographical information. There's a whole bunch of, of bits and pieces like that. So I don't think, you know, these are real cyber issues. It's real data that's falling into people's hands that, that you know, we don't know what their motives yep. are. We don't know how it'll be used, right? Industrial espionage, and I guess 
Yes, this is a question. Do you think industrial espionage by China is real? Yeah, I do believe that. I do believe that. I, but I think that that's true for any nation state. Um, I, I think it's, it's honestly, uh, it's a little silly if they're not, isn't it? I mean, it's counterintelligence. It's just a new way of, of doing it, you know? And, and we found that uh, memes spread a lot faster than facts, don't we? We found that, it, I mean, so, so think of, I mean, it's a great, it's honestly, it's a great way to do it. I'm not saying that it's cool, but it is what it is. You got to give the people what they want. And if you want this, uh, this is what, oh my gosh, this is exactly why I came to this company. Cause we talk about this quite a bit. Um, our, all of our services, all of our, everything goes off of the, um, attackers mindset. All of our consultants were frontline nation state attackers and defenders for Israel, right? So focusing on what they would be looking for really helps you up your cyber defense plan. And that's, that's exactly what we're talking about here. If a meme is going to work better than a phishing scandal, I'm going to send a meme if I'm an attacker. You know what I mean? She's gone full marketing, Rob. She's I now like a meme. She's gone full marketing from Sam. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I have well, this Unfortunately, is why you, this is why you should give Holistic Cyber a call. And, Holistic and, Cyber, well, you, well, there's without a doubt, and give all credit to Trisha again, so that because uh, now that you don't make sales commission anymore, that's the only downside to being in marketing. But oh you yeah, but I have I have so much more fun with my job though. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have that stress. I I I understand. Well, Trisha and Rob, I have to cut it short. Uh, we could probably go on for another hour. I know it, but uh, we will stop. Trisha, it is always great to have you on. And, uh, we, you know, we certainly appreciate it. And, you know, should you want to come on again, you know, all you have to do is shoot us an email or reach us on Twitter. If people listening want to reach out to you, reach out to your uh, new company, what, what should they do? Here you read yeah. sales posts. <laughs> Wait, what? Here you read sales emails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the easiest way to find me is definitely uh, social media, uh, particularly Twitter. So at Trisha Kicks Sass. So that's S-A-A-S. Um, and, uh, holistic cyber at holistic cyber, uh, we can, I run those accounts so you can find me both places. All right. Which can't be as, uh, you have to be a little bit more, uh, formal on the, uh, company Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it, that's, that's like my, it's kind of funny because most of my content on my personal has just become like my dog or these emails that yeah. I've been doing. And then, and then all the security stuff is over there. So if you're looking for more security stuff there, if you want like a really weird pink haired singing person with a dog they find me on my personal they're absolutely <laughs> awesome it's very funny <laughs> well thank you again trisha rob another great podcast and to our listeners we hope you enjoyed this and we'll uh, talk again soon thank you thank you